0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome B Tech Smith and Steve Max. B Tech Smith and Steve Mechs. You are now entering the Mega The Mega oh. Ten.
1: Maybe I should have came out to this song during uh, Defy Wrestling. Oh. I never even thought not about that. That's a bad this. idea. I mean, I'm happy with my choice. I came out to window panes underfoot.
2: Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Look at you.
1: Showing some support from our boys, Glenn and the fellas. Yeah,
2: man. Man of the people, Steve yeah, makes. That
1: That's what I do, man. Yeah, when they hit me up like two days before Defy Wrestling, which I was a ring announcer and the, the host of, they're like, hey, we never bothered to ask, what, what, do you have a song? You want to send us a couple songs that you would want to come out to? And I'm like, I get to come out to a song? Ah, oh, and first thing I thought of is like, oh, I got to give some love to our since it's all about local indie wrestling, Seattle wrestling. I think like, let's let's tie the bridge between the two and bring uh, some local rock into the mix. And window pane seemed like a perfect choice.
2: I'm jealous that you got to go out to a walkout song, yeah, and do ring announcing, yeah. Like like I walk out to like a. Like kind of song. I mean, I guess that's what I do at Cage sport, but it's always the same song, and it's got like a like a little like it's like oh here comes Ted Smith, blah blah blah. Right. But the only time I feel like I ever walked out to just a song was the fight I had, but I was so nervous and scared, I don't really remember. Like you, you were blacked out. Right. You got to walk out and like enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I did, but it was also I I am sure you were nervous, even though I didn't have to wrestle or fight or anything along those lines. There were still moments where I'm like I don't even remember going. I mean, I remember stepping out of the curtain. I remember putting my arm in the air with the microphone in my hand like a fist. Like, oh, I remember the crowd going nuts and then just going around the entire front row. Like every, because they said milk it. Just, you know, before I went out there, I was talking to my buddy Matt Farmer, who is the, they call him an agent or a booker or whatever you want to call him. He's basically running the show behind the scenes. And he's like, just do what you want, man. Like, but, you know, milk it. Like, let's get the moment going and and enjoy it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go around the whole place. And he goes, but don't definitely don't fall when you, don't trip when you go into the ring. And I look at him go, why would you say that to me? He goes, gotta say it to you. Like, and then it's like, <laughs> you know, he's like just wanting to mess with me, but man, that was long. I'm sure we'll talk about it a bunch during uh, today's uh, Megacast. Got to hang out with our, our buddy, Matt Cross, M-Dog, Son yeah. of Havoc. That was pretty awesome. And I do uh, gotta say,
2: that daft, you give farmer right before you open the curtain though. I mean, I know we'll get into it, but it just looks so cool, dude.
1: Well, if you look on my and I put it, I'll try I'll try and remember to retweet it on the MegaCast Twitter page.
2: I retweeted I, it on my on the Ted Smith. Too. Awesome.
1: So, at that moment, I didn't remember it until he said it cuz I I was so nervous. that I don't remember the conversation that I was having with him, right. but he was like my I mean, he was my go-to guy. He was like my Sherpa. You know what I mean? Right. Like the guy that kept me calm. I mean, he's been doing this forever. He was a former professional wrestler. He's got great stories of all the old dogs that he got to be in the ring with. And, you know, he's just a, a great indie legend. And he does a great podcast called Indie Riffic on the uh, the MLW Radio Network, which is a wrestling podcast thing. And uh, he does it with our boy Jeremy Tate, uh, James mm. Vanderbeek, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, But, and he reminded me of this moment. So like, I'm waiting, my song's playing. Mind you, two minutes before they start my song, I'm like, hey, does anyone have my microphone? Do I have a microphone? And he's like, oh man, I don't think anyone grabbed the microphone. So then all of a sudden there was like that moment of panic. Like, I don't even have a microphone.
2: That helps when you're doing the announcement, Steve. (laughs) It definitely helps. So while
1: we're waiting backstage... And the music starts and I knew I wanted to let the beginning of Underfoot go for a minute because it's got like a good 30 second mu- uh, musical part before the vocals kick in. And the vocals start with like a great scream from Glenn. All right. So I was like, this would be the perfect moment to come out of the curtain. Yeah. When he screams because we're be like, Arr! that kind of a thing. So while I'm standing there, I'm just BSing with him. And you can see it in the video. I kind of put what looks like I'm looking at my watch. But what I'm saying is I've got goosebumps, man. <laughs> and that's when he was like, enjoy the moment, bro. Enjoy the moment. This is gonna be great. And then that's when we're you right. Other. It
2: looks like you look at your watch and just daff them up and then go out. No, I'm going, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> like I legit
1: was like hair on top of hair. Like it was like, I am so excited. This is amazing. And it was also just because a labor of love, like between myself and and uh, Jim Perry, JJ, and the rest of the crew, and Matt, of course, uh, from uh, Defy Wrestling. You know, I've really gotten to know those guys and and, and become part of the team. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm their host. I'm their guy. Like, And I take that very, like, with a lot of pride. And so to be able to know that we're about to kick off something special here in Seattle for wrestling, for the wrestling community. We're bringing all the great indie wrestling promotions together for one night of just awesomeness. I was really stoked about that. I was happy for them, and I had a lot of. That's why it was. I'm
2: getting the goosebumps again, man. I was pumped, dude. I we got to get Farmer and my buddy uh, Brian Howquest in the same room. Yes. Right? We're both MC. Like, what if we could somehow get a night together where it's like a wrestling and some MMA with two MCs? Let's do it. Right? Let's
1: just do like a podcast and just like have those guys like a round table of stories. Yeah. Those guys,
2: that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Because there's a lot here. of crossover between MMA fans and wrestling fans.
1: As much as MMA fans don't want to admit to it, there is.
2: There's a ton of it. Yeah. I always
1: love that some MMA fans act like as if it's not cool enough, you know? But it's like most wrestling fans love MMA. Yeah, but the ones that don't don't crap on MMA. Whereas on the flip side, oh yeah, some of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, look at all that. You don't think Conor McGregor loves wrestling? You don't think half of the crap he does on the microphone isn't inspired by as much as he wants to crap on wrestling on the mic, which is also just part of him being, you know, a heel.
2: No, no, no. You're right. When yeah. Matt Cross said that last week, I was like, he's right. I mean, Sonnen is like right out of the WWE.
1: Absolutely. And a few of these guys I, I, I follow on Instagram, like I see them posting pictures. Check me out, hanging out with a pro wrestler with his belt. I'm like, okay, you guys love it just as much as we do. Stop pooping
2: on it. I did find it funny that Alabama had their championship belt, mm-hmm. and in the third quarter they were running around with it, and then they lost.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: awesome. They scored a touchdown in the third quarter, and somebody broke it out. And in my head, I was like, that... Shouldn't have that out already.
1: No. Yeah. No. Did they not learn from Richard Sherman during the Super Bowl? Remember when he was doing like the 24? Oh, yeah. The thing with his hands? And it was like, oh, that came back and bitch in the ass, and now you're a meme for it.
2: Yeah. I got to say, though, Clinton Portis was the first guy I remember seeing. I think it was Clinton Portis when he was playing in Denver. Okay. And he had one on the sideline. He was one of the first pro athletes I remember seeing with like a... Like a belt that he had had made or just had.
1: I'm loving that the fact that a lot of these, um, whatever it is, football, baseball, basketball, they make like the WWE v- belts. Belt. Uh-huh. Yeah. We should get one for ourselves. Yeah, like a the, mega cash championship belt? The mega belt. The mega belt. Oh, we should do a Kickstarter to get one made. <laughs> we gotta get two made. Yeah. There's or that. maybe we should just have one. And we just kind of split time with it? Split time with it. <laughs> each Wednesday we hand it off to each other. <laughs>
2: That's good in theory. Then you know there's going to be like, Ted, it's been a month, dude. You got to bring it back in. I forgot. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We can go to
1: that Leather by Dan place that's on uh, the the Bruce Pritchard show that I keep talking about. He advertises and he makes these belts. I mean, they're like $1,000, but they're really nice. I don't know if we want to drop
2: that kind of coin, which is why we're going to kickstart it. Yeah. Or maybe like the funniest Twitter comment we get each month. You get the belt for a month. (laughs) <laughs> You've earned it. You've
1: earned it. Or when we have guests in, like when we have Matt Cross, he'll come back, I'm sure. And we're like, here, man, you got to wear the belt. Right? You're, you're now the mega champ.
2: I mean, the first person we put in there has got to
1: be Luke, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not yeah. computer Luke, but real, Not Luke. real Luke. Yeah, computer Luke, ah, he's too much of a jerk.
2: Seahawks, do the right thing. Keep Luke in town. Please.
1: I know. Come on. That's our dude. You can't right? let him go. No. I hope he sticks around. That would be awesome. Yeah, man. All right. Let's 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 get things going, Ted. Let's get our heart racing, <laughs> our blood pumping, and our brain functioning. This week, I'm very excited for the push-up song. All right. All right. You hinted at it, I think, last week's megacast, if I remember correctly. All right. I forgot about it until this morning, and I spent some time listening to the song, and boy, oh boy, the more I listen to it, the more I love it. You know him. You love him. Mike Tyson.
2: The hottest diss track down. in the game. That's right. I'm gonna Soldier Boy,
3: your you're on notice. It's going
2: down. I should have came out to this. To you should have.
3: Oh but yes.
1: Totally All right. Let's get ten.
3: On Instagram, <laughs> on, Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. social media, don't make a four, man. Five, Everybody talk. behind the Or I'm a stealer of nefarious disease. If you're following with my clip, it's going nine, down. Nine. I'm Mike Tyson, and you're gonna feel the wrath. I'm the god of the ring, greatest around. Soulja Boy, you can't f- with Chris Brown uh, uh, That's not bad down. It's not bad I like the teach beat him how to knock
2: your ass out. For some reason, it's I thought for so sure up. The push-up song was going to be Mingos It's going down I'm
3: going <laughs> to teach him how to knock your ass out I'm Mike Tyson It's going down It's going down I'm yep. going to teach him how to knock
2: your ass
3: out I'm Mike Tyson
0: Tech Talks Starring uh,
2: Ted Talk this week, pure and simple. Uh uh-huh. If you show up, it's going down. <laughs> You're right. Man, just really listen to people. Like, you know, even if it's a situation that's a, a tough one or whatever, listen to them. Don't just be forming your next thought. Listen to what they're saying. Take it in. Think about it. And then reply. And then, also, you know this is an old saying, I don't know where I heard it last, but you know whatever the conversation whatever the hardest conversation is for you to have right now is the conversation you should be having. Wow, I just dealt with some stuff where that's, frank- a, that's a heavy TED talk right now, <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know I'm dealing with some stuff, and you know sometimes man, you you push that conversation off, whether you know with whoever it is, then you're in so deep you think, yeah. you you think there's no cho tri- there's no choice, there's no options. Now you wait it, so your options are down. But you can, you know, you can always get out. But it's easier if you had had that conversation when when that thing started. Whatever it is, whether it's your wife, whether it's your friend, whether it's a business partner, you know, whatever it is, if, if it's a tough talk, have that conversation.
1: And it's not going to get easier the more you push it off. In fact, it's no, going to get more difficult. It's gonna cause, get right, you're going to come up with new excuses, or it's oh, it's too late at this point. It's only going to make them more mad that I haven't brought it up until now. But rip the band-aid off and just go for it. Ah, that's a great one, man. Yeah. Cuz I mean, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. I think we all oh, are. Oh, we all are. 100%. Yeah. And I love the beginning cuz that's like that's like straight up like improv mentality. And I feel like improv mentality is a- a- applicable to anything, not just comedy. Yeah. And I witnessed it at uh, Defy Wrestling. I mean, just and I, right before we started the podcast, I said I walked away with a good life lesson. And I talked a little bit about it on the MIGScast, but I felt like I, could, I wanted to save it for when I was talking with you. Nice. Just to kind of go into it because we had Matt Cross on and a lot of love from him for us. He said he's gotten so much great feedback for that interview that he did with us, which was still I mean, one of my all-time favorite interviews, not just one of my favorite interviews on the Megacast. It was unbelievable. Especially when you don't know what you're walking into. Like, you just figure, oh, this will be fun. I didn't realize we are going to have, like, some seriously amazing stories shared by Matt.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I got to tell people, you know, especially in radio, like radio people always BS about this and that. But like, Steve's not kidding. He goes, I don't know, Ted, maybe hopefully we can get 15 minutes out of him. You know? Yeah, I didn't so the know fact him. That it went that smooth and that easy and that awesome for like an hour was unbelievable.
1: And it could have kept going. Like at no point did he see... He never gave the vibe that he wanted to go. The people who he was with, I, I talked to afterwards, uh, Joe and Nicole, I think. Yeah. We were hanging out at fire Wrestling and they're like, we could have sat in there all night. You don't know how much fun we were having just No kidding? Yeah, they're like, just getting to listen to him tell these stories. Because, you know, when you're friends with someone, you don't get to really... You don't typically interview your friends yeah so they were really getting a kick out of hearing because you know they started off i guess being fans of matt before they became friends with matt all right all right so that was cool matt came up to me he's like man i was getting all these texts from people being like how amazing like how articulate and this and that and my stories and he's like i'm just an idiot like the rest i'm like well hey man that's why you fit in great you you were getting interviewed by two idiots and he started (laughs) laughing but he's like man there's been some amazing feedback from my fans because of that interview, which I thought was awesome. People who yeah. don't even listen to the megacast that listened because he shared the tweet with the link to the interview were like going nuts about it, which I thought was badass.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I honestly did not really know who the guy was. But right. He made a fan for life out of me.
1: Oh, man, and he killed it at <laughs> Defy. I think he got a little hurt. I didn't get to see, That's the one. Bummer. Not bummer, because I'm I'm not going to ever complain about what I got to do at Defy Wrestling being the announcer. But like at times I couldn't fully watch the matches because I had to prepare for what I was going to say after the match. I had to get ready for you know what I was going to say. Yeah,
2: you got to run backstage. Like trust, me, it's right. the same thing at Cage Fort. There's sometimes I miss fights and stuff, and it's like, like right, it's like ah, I want you know, especially if it's somebody that's like you know, yeah. that or like that you know as a fan, and it's like hey man, like you know, watch my fight. I was just like crap. Like but
1: I'm going to try. Maybe yeah. I can watch a round. So make sure yeah. you go longer than two rounds. Right. Yeah, but the well, nice thing they had a monitor right backstage. Like they call it gorilla that's position. Awesome. So, like, the minute you go through the curtains, there's a monitor that way, like, Matt, the farmer, the agent slash booker, he can pay attention to what's going on in the ring. Uh, I don't want to get, like, super wrestling. I don't know what to share because I don't want to nec- i know people know wrestling is not real, but I still think that there is an aura of mystery behind some of the stuff that goes on in the world of wrestling. Yeah. So, I don't necessarily want to, like, fully expose that but it was really cool as a wrestling fan to get to witness like them preparing for their matches and all the way from the, like the big dogs like Cody Rhodes and uh, Shane Strickland from the main event. Hang, like watch them just hang out and talking things through before the match and just how cool everybody was backstage. all Such a supportive community that the, the Seattle wrestling scene, it's really, I walked away with just so much love and respect and admiration for what they do. And I always respect anyone that's willing to go in the ring and take a chance on hurting themselves and, you know, and, for the for the sake of our entertainment, but it was really cool to witness the behind the scenes stuff. But what I thought was cool is that they had the monitor. They had um uh Davey Richards, who's originally from Othello, Washington, but he is now like just killing it in the indie scene. He's been in Ring of Honor, TNA. All right, I mean basically New Japan Wrestling. He's um gonna come for Defy too. So when you come in April on April seventh, he's gonna be there. It's on is, the calendar. Oh dude, so I'm pumped to have him there. But I, man, it was fun to watch him backstage in the gorilla position because he was sitting in front of the monitor. Like, intently watching all the matches. Like, this guy just really loves wrestling and yeah. wants people to do it at the highest of their ability. And it was a cool moment, like, where one match was going on, and he was, like, loving the match. But at one point, he was like, man, this guy is just not selling it the way that he should. And I would think any wrestler that's uh, like that's coming up the, in the ranks would love to pick the brain of a guy like Davy Richards because he's a brilliant wrestler in the ring and clearly a brilliant mind outside of the ring. So, how about this? He goes to Matt, he goes, hey, man, do you have a direct line to the ref? All right. And Matt's like, yeah, because he had an earpiece on and the ref... I didn't
2: even know they had that for the refs.
1: Oh, yeah, if you watch WWE, you'll see all the referees have a little in-ear monitor piece in their ear. And that's so that the people backstage can either say, hey, tell them to speed the match up, tell them to do this. Hey, we're going to a commercial break. They can kind of rest a little bit. Like, the, the, the referee is not, is like the director of that match.
2: Wait a minute. The ref's not just a ref... Are you going to tell me some of the cops and medical personnel aren't real either? They're, they're, yeah, they're indie wrestlers hoping to make it into the... Damn it! But it's pretty
1: fascinating when you realize <laughs> no, that, yeah. right? So so he's like, hey, can you get a direct line to the ref? And Matt's like, yeah. He goes, hey, can you tell that guy he needs to sell a little bit more? It doesn't seem believable that he's, you know. And I'm like, what the hell? This is amazing. So Matt's like, hey, blah, 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 to the ref. Guy's on the ground. At one point later on, the ref gets down, leans in to check and see how the, the wrestler's doing. And that's the moment where he's like, "Hey, man, you need to sell better." Davy says, and I would imagine that guy is like, "Holy crap, Davy's paying attention to my match and wants me to be better." I had to be for the rest yeah. of the match. The guy was killing it; like he was selling it like a champ. It was unbelievable, and I was like, "This is so cool!" And I hope I'm not like sharing too much. I don't think I am. I think a lot of this stuff gets talked about on a lot of these wrestling podcasts. So. Yeah. But I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, we'll take a quick break. All right, all right. And I'll share my full experience at uh, Defy Wrestling with you because there was, a, there was a great life lesson that I think you'll get. A, it, it's almost like a TED Talk. All right. Nice. It's a, it's a MIGS talk. MIGS talk. All right. when the Mega- It's a MIGS message. That's a MIGS message when the Megacast returns.
0: It's time for us to seal the deal and agree. Whatever the f that means, but we will be back. the and let's
2: First, there was 24-Hour Fitness, and now there's One Month Fitness. One Month Fitness is designed for people who make New Year's resolutions to lose weight and get in shape. Here's how it works. One Month Fitness is open for the month of January. That's it. One month done. No year-long contracts. No 12-week meal plan for a slimmer you. Because we know it, One Month Fitness. they are good for maybe three, four weeks tops. Then it's back to pizzas, cheeseburger meal deals, extra large Coke, and couch potatoes.
3: One Month Fitness. Fitness, because we know you won't be here in February. And
0: coming soon to the same location as One Month Fitness, the Eleven Month Bar and Grill. Ted and Steve, are two badass dudes, the Mega Cast is back. Rain drop drop top, drop talk, smoking no cookin' the hot bar. <laughs> no you? your bitchy a dah that that cooking up in the crock pot pot. We came from nothing to something. Hey, I don't hey. try nobody grit the trick. Nobody call up the gang and See, they we, come and we get you. We can do push-ups to the song.
1: You hey. We gotta bad, listen bad. to it though.
0: Cooking up with the oozing no. my niggas to <laughs> savage ruthless. Hey. We got thirds and hundred rounds too. No.
1: All right, Ted, so
2: I watched them last night do this live. On what? Uh where were they on? I think it was was it Kimmel? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Kimmel or uh or Fallon. It must have been Kim No, it wasn't outside. It couldn't be They were on a late night uh talk show, Steve. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Great sell.
1: <laughs> right. I clearly don't remember which day so the show hey, kids, I was. Watching. If you want, just um you know, go back and on demand and watch uh Kimmel, Fallon. Colbert <laughs> whoever's right you know until you hear that song and then Conan, you're good
2: yeah Trevor Noah
1: <laughs> James Corden Seth Meyers one of those goddamn shows hey before we get to all uh, the, the whole defy stuff I um we played the, the diss track from Mike Tyson yeah and you know I've been really like geeking out over um this this app that is the old school hip-hop things like where you know you can kind of let's see if I could get it to play no oh, maybe not oh do that maybe
2: I like the sound of you frantically hitting it. You know that thing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I'm thinking uh
2: <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Turn up my headphones. They ready for this? <laughs> That's all I got.
1: I'm thinking we should start it We we should do a diss track. All right. And I was trying to think like who should we do a diss track against? And I wonder if you're on the same wavelength as I. I'm like, okay, well, you know, originally I was like, oh, maybe we could do a diss track against each other. I'm like, no, we're the Mega megacast. We're we're the disciples of fun. We don't, we don't go against each other. Yeah. We have to have a common enemy. We have to have a target that we have to display our our diss towards. And I can only think of one other group of people that we could write a diss track at. Do they like wrestling? Mm, I don't think so.
2: Oh, I was going to say we should mess with the job and out
1: guys. Oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could be our next, let's keep that one in the docket, because you know, I think AJ does rap, so that would be a good diss track, having a, uh, uh, yeah, I think he could do a good, who knows, maybe Aaron and Glenn could spit some rhymes, too. I'm thinking more
2: in-house. Diss track in-house? Yes. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Is it from our station? Yes.
1: Another podcast.
2: Oh, those damn geeks. Yes. Oh. But they, they won't be able to come back. They got to try. What do you think? Should we should we, should we Why do it? I say those damn geeks? I really don't mind. I know. I know. But I no, feel like the I more know. I say it, every time it sounds angrier and That's angrier.
1: You do. You are you are becoming more and more like Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds.
2: Right. Like even for me, it's like all right, dude, too aggressive. Right. Those stupid geeks. M- mother, mother, blanket nerds.
1: Nerds, nerds. I think we should do a diss track against the nerds. Yeah, we should just call it nerd nerd Yeah, and then that Nerd cool stuff like you know that Pharrell was a part of
2: you can get the slap dance here for free I used to like Nerd. I love that song
1: right so I don't know maybe we could work on it We've got the ability to come up with beats. I have to just figure out how to patch it in through the board But you know
2: and we got a rap
1: Yeah I think it would be funny as all hell if we did a diss track and just sent it to them and said, come at us.
2: Yeah, exactly. Your turn. The only person that worries me is the Rev. The Rev, yeah. I don't know why, but I have this weird, sick fascination all of a sudden that like, the Rev out of nowhere, just like the next day, he'll just drop like straight fire on us. (laughs) And just like, damn, the Rev just torched us, dude. Did not see that coming. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Right? Either way, even if we get towards, how funny would that be? Right? We drop ours, nerds. He drops like the answer, like nerd rage. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes at us
1: with like the the attack of like a Buster Rhymes, ah, right, rawr. <laughs> rawr, rawr, like a dungeon dragon. <laughs> rawr, I'm rev. <rawr>. Right. <laughs> It's just something to ponder. I'm in. All I'm right, in. cool. So we'll work on like a beat. I don't know if we have to do we do we record it live or do we record it like you know?
2: No, no, no. We got to go old school and like record it in a uh, we got to do the vocals in like a bat, like a bathroom. Okay. You okay. Know? That's how you do it. Do we I, do, That do we... little room in your house is perfect for this. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, let's record it was
1: recorded at the station bathroom. I run a cord all the way into the bathroom.
2: <laughs> that room upstairs where you have like your computer and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. We're going to
2: make a dish track. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just imagining your
1: wife like, what are you two doing up there? We're working on a dish track, babe. Yeah, we're doing our dish track. Leave us alone. Uh, are th- is the broccoli fully steamed yet for dinner?
2: <laughs> we'll get some Lulu barks in there. <laughs> Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> Don't mess with our dog. <laughs> She's our hype dog. <laughs> I was just talking with the them. Way, you got to make those shirts now.
1: Oh, I'm making them. I'm going right. to I'm making the Lulu Club shirts and I'm I'm not um I'm selling them at the at the next Defy show. Nice. I haven't fully run that by Jim and the crew of Defy, but I don't think they're going to have an issue with that. I'm trying to figure out a way to set, like get some of the money made to like uh, maybe like Motley Zoo, like an animal shelter or something along those lines. a good but, call, because you know, it is yeah. a dog. Yeah, I figured that'd be a cool thing to do. Obviously, I want to be able to cover the cost, because I'm not, not like, you know, after our diss track, I'll probably be rolling in the cash, but until then, I don't have that kind of money to just front for a bunch of t-shirts. So. Yeah,
2: and we're in debt because of that expensive championship belt we just bought. That's true, but you know, I had
1: to spend $1,000 at Leather by Dan, and <laughs> I love that we're giving a commercial to Leather by Dan, and he has no clue. Right, <laughs> he, he pays to be advertised on the Bruce Pritchard show, but here we are going Leather by Dan. They make great belts, nine hundred and ninety-nine bucks. <laughs> you can even do an installment plan.
2: Get your own.
1: Get your own, whatever kind you want. He's got the best belts out there. Leatherbydan.com. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> what uh, we, I think we should just start advertising things that don't even know that we're advertising. Have you tried Mountain Dew? It's delicious new.com. Did you hear that clip of Gronk from Family Guy this week? Oh, boy. <laughs> you mean, uh, this one?
2: So what'd you get in Cleveland? Oreo medals. Whoa, four standing dogs? No, we're people, sir. Um, Mr. Gronk, I'm Peter Griffin. I live in the house behind yours. We wanted to welcome you to the neighborhood. Awesome. Hey, you guys seem great. You want to come in and eat pizza standing
1: up? Uh, yeah. Cool. You mind if I call you all Grover? I don't like learning names.
2: Yeah, sure. That'd be sweet. Well, come on in, Grover. (gasps) He knows my name. Let's
3: go check out the hot tub. Check it out. My hot tub is filled with coffee. Grab a donut. Go to town. Sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) And the pool is filled (laughs) with my favorite food. Soup with little shapes in it. Sponsored by Campbell Soup. Oh, alphabet soup is my favorite, too. What's a Alba Fett?
1: Nothing. What you said is not anything. And check out the shower. (laughs) Ultra Sunrise Monster Energy Drink. Sponsored by Monster
2: Energy Drink. Why do you keep saying what things are sponsored by? My manager said if I don't, I won't go to heaven. Sponsored by SMS Audio Sweatproof Sport Headphones. That's the best one. I won't go to heaven. Sponsored by. <laughs>
1: um, dude, the defy uh, experience. Was, oh, so I was... Um, Mentioning about Lulu and the Lulu Club shirt. So I'm going to have those for sale at the next Defy one because, man, everybody's asking about Matt Farmer, the guy I was talking about. Cody Rhodes now has one. That's awesome. That was great because we had him on in the morning show and the interview was going so great that I'm like, you know what, man? This interview is going so good. I feel like now is the right time to have you be an honorary member if you would like to be in our Lulu Club. And he's like, well, what's the Lulu Club? Because he's in the Bullet Club. Yeah. So I show him the picture of me and Lulu and the shirt and he goes, oh, yeah, He's like, can I get one of those shirts? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have an extra large. I have one left over. And he's like, awesome. And then he goes, well, who else is in the club? And I go, well, it's uh, me, my wife, uh, my in-law's dog, uh, Trixie. And Lulu. And Lulu. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> who else is in the club? <laughs> so then I bring it to, the, uh, to Defy Wrestling. And he's like, yeah, we'll switch shirts. I'm like, man, whatever. You know, I'm not trying to take your shirts The way I think about Matt Cross. Grant, I think Cody might have maybe has a couple extra bucks from his career, but you know, still, I'm not going to try. Because it's like
2: soccer at the end of the game, you trade jerseys, right? So I show up,
1: he's there. I got to give props to Cody Rhodes, also. You would think maybe he'd have like some sort of an ego, like here I am, I I did the WWE. Why do I need to show up early to be there for all this stuff? And he was there before the call time for the wrestlers. Like it was call time was at like six. He was there at like five forty five. Dope. And I was like, wow, that. You know that just shows like what kind of a guy he is. Like you know, even Matt Cross brought it up, I think, or Shane Strickland. Like he's obviously not trying to be Mister Big Time in the indie world. Like he wants yeah. he wants to fit in.
2: Yeah, Matt was talking about
1: that. That's right. And so I see him. I'm like, hey man. He goes, did you bring the shirt? I'm like, <laughs> oh thank God I did. You know, I was like first like I was like, ah, is he really gonna want this shirt? Is it gonna be is weird? He just being nice, right? So uh, he's like, we'll trade shirts. I'm like, cool. I'll. I'll bug you after you're done with your VIP meet and greet. Cause he had like a whole line of people that were there that got in early to meet him and take I mean, pictures. Yeah. So I come down after it's wrapping up, I made sure I was like the last person in line show up. I got the short and his eyes light up and he goes, man, I'm sorry. I already sold all of my shirts out. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. Like, yeah, like I'm okay with that. And he's like, "Oh, I feel bad. I'm like, I'll buy one. I went on ProWrestlingTees.com, the website where they sell these shirts, and another commercial right there, ProWrestlingTees.com. Get your wrestler shirts. I'm wearing one right now. Um, And bought his Cody Rhodes shirt there. But I was like, man, eh, don't worry. I'll buy a shirt. Uh, but, man, he was like, if you look at the pictures of all, like the pictures he took at the meet and greet, every picture he looks the same. He's smiling. He looks happy. But his mouth is closed. So the right. one picture of me, him, and Lulu's shirt, big-ass grin, showing teeth. Yeah. He looks so much happier. After that picture... Went out. Now everybody's like Matt Farmer's like I want to be in the Lulu Club. I'm like, oh, yeah. Man. I saw
2: your Twitter's blowing up with it. Everyone wants
1: to be in the Lulu Club. So I'm like, I gotta make these shirts. So I'm gonna make them. Hopefully, I have them for um for the Defy Wrestling event and uh, be able to sell them there. So that'll be kind of a cool thing.
2: The funny thing is too, to me, like I don't think I really and Jeremy, honestly, Tate. He, yeah. he I did not realize how big that world was. Yeah. You know, and then you know, like I I, I see him. Like, at first, I was like, oh, he, he's just kind of messing around or whatever, but it's like, then he just shoots past me. Like, he's got more followers and this right. and that. And he's I'm got, like,
1: 18,000 or something <laughs> like that followers, and they're all wrestling fans.
2: Yeah, and I just, right, and I see their podcasts and stuff, and I'm just like, like, I I misjudge this. Like, I wholly underestimated the, the amount of wrestling, especially even... Like, uh, not WWE, but, I mean, just wrestling fans there is.
1: And, you know, I always knew the indie scene is huge. Like, I mean, it's really blown up over the last few years especially. It's it's become less of the place where the old dogs that can't work at the WWE now go and try and cash in on their name. Now it's, like, barely even that. Like, you don't need to book, like, these, like, Greg the Hammer Valentine to hope to get a crowd to show up to your event. Like, (laughs) now it's, like, guys that are making waves— in the indie scene, like the Young Bucks, or now Cody Rhodes, or Kenny Omega, and you know, Colt Cabana, and and they're really made a niche for themselves in that world, and it's huge. I did not realize though how awesome the local scene was until I went to a 321 and then also at Defy. Like, I genuinely was blown away by the athleticism, the talent. I mean, this isn't like guys that are just like, you know, it's a fun hobby kind of a thing. And I'm sure there are some wrestlers that it is just a fun hobby, but there are some like the the sexy mexies and Eddie Van Glam and Mr. Fitness and these guys are like just doing some phenomenal stuff in the ring. And there's more. I just don't want to bore people by naming names that people might not know. But do yourself a favor if you're a wrestling fan and check out some of these indie shows. It's 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 chock full of great talent. And the ones that might not even have the skill like, you know, to do the movesets they've got the charisma. They're doing something yeah. cool in the ring that's making it entertaining. So, it was it was cool to witness that. The thing that I walked away with most was just the, the and, and it goes back to your TED Talk uh, about just, you know, being in that moment and not waiting for your chance to just speak, like actually actively listening. And it was a great example when I was doing the ring announcements. Obviously, I'm super nervous. I didn't even get to tell you this part. So, I get in the ring. First thing, I'm like, "What's up, everyone?" <sighs> It was amazing, right? Start talking. My mic cuts out. Oh, The wireless mic stopped working. Worst nightmare. Could not be a more terrible moment. Like, I'm alone looking around. I'm like, I'm in this ring. Rabid audience feeling that moment. Like, just got them hyped up by high-fiving everyone, going, ah, like that. You know, just getting everyone going. Now I can't use the one piece of equipment that I need to use. Right. Right. So, (laughs) Start working again. It would cut out. Working again. It would cut out. Now I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I'm trying everything in my power not to show people that I'm sweating, that I'm internally freaking the f out because I was already nervous. So now I'm like, Arr. I'm looking at everyone. I'm like, what do I do? Jim's like, uh. he's you know, we're trying to communicate, but he's up on the second level where the sound booth is, and I'm on the, in the ring. There's no chance to have a conversation while everyone's screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? And that was that moment yeah, and where my the
2: like, MMA. There's like the apron. Yeah. So, like, if my mic goes out, I can literally just push it through the fence to Kenny and he'll give me his.
1: Right. We don't have you another mic that for wrestling. No, there's only one microphone, and it's the one that I'm using. So, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And now the crowd's getting hotter and hotter. And honestly, in retrospect, it was the best thing that could ever happen. Because the crowd got way more into the night right from the get-go because they were like, we got your back, Steve, in a weird way. Like, alright we're going to start chanting stuff. So, all of a sudden, it was like, let's go, Steve Miggs. Steve Miggs sucks. Let's go, Steve Miggs. Like like John Cena type <laughs> stuff. I'm like, just soaking it in. So, now I'm freaking out, but I'm also like, I need to pay attention to what's going on. This is the coolest freaking thing ever. There's a chant with my name in it, and yeah. they're saying, I suck. This is great. I've never been more excited for someone to tell me that I suck. And then uh, I turn I turn around, I'm like, maybe I should just leave the ring. Like, I don't know what to do. And as I'm turning around, that's when I see Kevin, one of the guys on the crew, wiring up an xlr getting me a hardwired mic all right like oh thank you thank you thank you jesus gives me the mic start talking places going nuts right um throughout the night like doing the stage announcements not stage announcements the ring announcements and things are going (laughs) smooth a couple little flubs here and there but nothing too big i had a huge flub at least in my heart um when we had uh this fatal four-way match right it was and one of the wrestlers is a, a woman by the name of Kate Carney. She's from Bellingham.
2: Oh yeah, I was just checking out her Twitter the other day.
1: Oh, she's so good, so good. I mean, like, she's going somewhere. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, she's got the charisma, the personality, the talent. The crowd loves her. Every she's got her own confetti cannons, like these little cannons, Ooh. right? So she gets on the top on the turnbuckle and just shoots confetti. And I'm like, you got it all going right now. Like, you're just. I'm going to enjoy watching this ride because we're going to look back and be like, yeah, I saw her yeah. wrestle here. So I'm doing her introduction and part one of her nicknames is she's the Queen Midas of professional wrestling. Great name. All right. I'm so like still in my head because I'm losing my voice because I pushed it too hard during the intros because I didn't know that the mic was cutting out. I just thought my hearing was getting messed up. So I'm screaming. Yeah. So. It's in my head, and I wasn't fully paying attention to her intro, and I said, the Queen Midas touch. And I was like, oh, I mean, the Queen Midas a professional wrestling. And she looks at me like, what the F? Like, mad? And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I just pissed off one of the wrestlers, and that's the last thing I wanted to do. I had so much respect for what they were doing. The last thing I wanted to do is piss them off. Like, I really wanted them to know that I have nothing but love for what they're doing out there. Cause was she mad, or was that wrestling mad? Well, I thought she was upset with me, right? All right. After the match is over. We're hanging out in the gorilla position. She's there, and I went up to her. I'm like, hey, I'm really sorry that I screwed your name up. And she looks at me, and she's like, "Ah, oh, no, no no worries. I was just playing it up. All right. That's a yeah. And it was like, that was that life lesson. I'm like, damn it. Like, she was fully on board of being in that improv moment. Like, she saw that I screwed up, used it as an opportunity to mess with me for
2: the, the, for the match. That, that w- would have scared me, too, though, if that right. was her reaction. Like Right. Yeah, she won the match. I didn't want to piss off the person who wins the match.
1: She's got confetti cannons. Confetti cannons. You can't piss off the lady with confetti cannons.
2: Now that's that's a no no, Steve. It is. That's so, rule number one. So anyways, uh, that was a that was a cool thing.
1: We'll take a quick break. All right. Um trying to think if there was any other things really quick before I forget. Uh where is where is Washington Hall? It's kinda like the beacon, uh, first, beacon hill. Hill? First, first hill. First hill first hill kind of an area. All um right. easy to park though. There was like a three dollar pay lot for the whole night. Nice, I know I was like, this is great. This is awesome. Another quick, funny moment. um and it was great because I think the crowd it was one of those after that I really it was like it really opened up my eyes like, yeah, you know what you're right, just be in that moment. enjoy it. like even when like I did a stage when I did the uh the ring introduction for Cody versus um, Shane Strickland, th- I was about to introduce Cody after Shane, but people started chanting two five three and I'm like, I almost talked over it. I'm like, nope, this is. Let's have that improv moment with the crowd. Let them chant for a while. Nice. You know what I mean? So, like, she, without knowing it, and I'm sure she has no idea that she had that much of an impact on me, but it was a huge impact. I thought it was really cool. There was a great match between Jeff Cobb and uh, Big Jack. Uh, big Jack also from Bellingham. Holy smokes. Also, another guy that's well on his way to doing something special. For a big dude, he flew around that ring.
2: All right, one more question. Do you, like, do you have an earpiece, too? Like No. So that, you just gotta go off the feel of when to let the crowd... Chant and you talk and oh yeah because like oh, yeah. I mean I only know from like WWE stuff but I can, I'm always wondering like are those scheduled breaks in their talks are they expecting
1: boos or cheers or uh, you know honestly it was just all about feeling the moment and it's funny because I remember one of our buddies on Twitter the Humbler Lane he yeah, said yeah, yeah. Are, are you have you been practicing and I my response was and I wasn't I was being funny but I was also being serious I was like I've been practicing this my entire life yeah, I've right. been watching wrestling my whole life like I know what. Like, once I got past the nerves, the rest of it was great. So, um, before their match, you know, I went around before the night, and I, I just asked everyone, hey, is there anything that you want me to say? Like, I, most of them gave bios, but some didn't, so I had to go up to them and be like, hey, what do you want me to say besides your name? And they would tell me, hey, like, Mr. Fitness had a great moment. He goes, hey, when you go up there, can you call me, but say it reluctantly, and I'll play off of it. Say that I'm the muscle Confucius. <sighs> so because he's the bad guy, so I'm like on stage uh, in the ring, sorry, um, and I'm like, alright, the muscle, really, you want me to say this? And he and looks, turns around and looks at me and goes, just say it! And I'm like, the the, the muscle Confucius.
2: That's awesome! Oh, and
1: it was great! Crowd goes nuts for it. Afterwards, him and I are talking after everything's all done. He goes, bro, that was so much fun. I loved riffing with you in the ring. I'm like, dude, I, I was nerding out over that moment. <laughs> so I was told one of the guys is Jeff Cobb. He's known as Matanza in uh, Lucha Underground. All right. Uh, right? So he wears like a mask. So everyone was saying, hey, when you introduce Jeff, don't bother mentioning anything about Lucha Underground or Matanza. He likes to kind of keep them separate because it's, you know, he's not coming out as Matanza. He's coming out as Jeff Cobb, Mr. Right. Athletic. I'm like, I get it. Totally fine. So right before I'm going to go out there, and Jeff was a cool dude, he's just hanging out with me and we're BSing. and he goes, hey, are you going to uh, mention anything about me being Matanza? And I'm like, no, no, no. I was told... No, I'm not gonna do it. I don't got it on my thing. And he's like he's like, No, 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 no. He's like, actually I've been thinking about it. You call me Matanza, like reference that I'm a former Lucha Underground champion and my name's Matanza. I'm like, all right, and he goes, and we'll go from there. (laughs) I'm like Mind you (laughs) Before the night even started, Matt Farmer goes to me, goes, Oh, just to let you know, Jeff Cobb typically when he finds out that it's a new ring announcer, he likes to figure out a way to suplex them in the middle of the like during the and I'm like Okay, cool, man. Ha ha. Now I'm like. At the time, I thought that was a giant joke. Now Jeff is like, "Hey, just call me Matanza, and we'll go from there." I'm like, "Is he really gonna suplex me?"
2: Right. Like, I mean, you're like, right, like you like wrestling, but that's different. Like, do you know, how, like, I got, I got to know how to take a fall now. Right. Like,
1: I'm like, I don't or know. A bump? Do I? Excuse right, me. Right. A bump. Do, do, should I go online and practice? Like, what? So. In the ring, doing his thing. I'm like, he's the former Lucha Underground champ. You also know him as Matanza, and he turns around, and scowls, and he goes, "What did you say?" And I'm like, "Huh?" And he goes, "Come here." And so, I, come here. And so, right. So I'm like playing it up. In that moment, lean in, and he whispers to me, "He goes, say allegedly." I'm like, okay. I'm like, he's allegedly Matanza, and the whole place goes. Aah! Jeff, calm. And then it was great, dude. It was so awesome. I was just dying because I was like, after the fact, people brought that up. Like when it was all done, they're like, oh, allegedly, huh? Matanza, night nice screw up. And I'm like, yeah, I screwed it up.
2: That's <laughs> funny, man. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think I'd be scared when they're like messing with you like that in the ring. Oh, was, or the, yeah, the ring. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was, dude, I was like, oh, what? Do you really want me to lean into you? Like I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm I'm giving you my head to do whatever you want with it. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Well, uh, you know, I I told you personally, but I want to say in the podcast to me, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank it you, man. It looked awesome, dude. It I, felt great. I mean, even just some of the pictures I've seen of you just in the corner when like guys are running around or whatever and you just you look professional. It just it looked awesome. Yeah. Also congrats to Defy Wrestling. I mean, the whole all the videos I've seen look great, and I, I am more than excited for the 7th of April.
1: I'm, I'm pumped that you're going to be there. It's it's a great vibe. The crowd, if the crowd is even half as hot as it was uh, last Friday, dude, it's going to be an amazing night of wrestling. I know Davey Richards is wrestling for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of the guys that were there this time around back again. Uh, just to be in the ring while they were throwing streamers at Cody Rhodes and <laughs> Shane Strickland. I'm like, I looked over at the ref, I go... I'm like, bro, this is amazing. He goes, I know. I can't believe I'm in here. I'm so pumped for this match. Not realizing later on in the match, he's part of the, the, the outcome of the match because Cody goes in to kick Shane in the face. Shane moves out of the way and kicks the ref in the face and knocks him out, quote unquote. <sighs> Classic. And I'm like, oh my God. No wonder why he was so pumped. Like He's a good dude. Like The refs were great. Everything was great. But when we get back, let's talk about something other than Defy Wrestling. All right. I want to talk about a man who willingly cut his penis off. All right. And when you hear his reason why, it's not as crazy as you would think it would be.
2: Hey, he probably just got tired of it.
1: <laughs> when the Mega Cast returns.
0: Ted and Steve are out of their mind. The Mega Cast will be back. I'm in deep with this girl, but she's out of the mind.
1: morning dear oh good morning mm-hmm. sorry i'm running late for work no time for breakfast this morning for this guy
0: uh-uh-uh you sit down and eat mr ambitious work can waste you need a nutritious breakfast <laughs>
1: well okay do we have cheerios sure do what kind of day is it multi-grain or frosted or the new peanut
0: butter or the new dulce de leche cheerios nope something brand new you're gonna love These Cheerios are just what the doctor ordered, being impotent like you are. What? Yep, it's Cheerios with nuts, raisins, a little honey, and a touch of Viagra. It's Nut and Raisin Honey Cheerios for impotent men like you. Nut and Raisin Honey? Yeah, I've heard that before. Eat up, hon. Cheerios is naturally low in fat and cholesterol, and now Nut and Raisin Honey Cheerios can help keep our marriage intact, too.
1: Okay, I'm eating, I'm eating. Hey, yo, Bob! You want a carpool into work today? I'm just leaving. You can't
0: leave yet, Eric. He's eating nut and raisin honey Cheerios for impotent men. Okay,
2: that's enough. Oh, I right. don't I know why you have to tell the whole nut and raisin honey Cheerios Apple. from your friends at General Mills
0: Facebook. Okay. What is a silver tongue? Is that old people, Nantucket? Yes, I went there. The mega cast is back. i always you i got, I, got, silver, silver you I, got, got mm. I
2: just thought having a silver tongue wasn't a great thing. Yeah, yeah, I
1: have no idea. What is a silver tongue? Grace thinks it's uh, conlangingus with old people.
2: No, I thought if he said like, <laughs> "Oh, he's got the silver tongue. Like he he can talk people into stuff. He can talk chicks into bed." Oh, that was always my impression. Maybe I heard it wrong. I mean, I, I know Silver Spoon. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything other than it's a fantastic show from the '80s, <laughs> dude. Sorry, I'm gonna no. get on a uh, please <laughs> on a bit of a. Oh, damn it. What do they call them? Soapbox? Soapbox. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome, Ted. Did you see the remake in White Men Can't Jump? Yes.
1: Who's it? Who's the basketball player that's helping make it?
2: Blake Griffin? Yeah. I will say, Mike Hawk, to his defense, he had a. Yesterday, I went, I can't believe they're remaking this movie. And he goes, Well, yeah, there's a lot of people like me that haven't seen it. Oh. And I was like, All right, Mike, that's a valid point.
1: W- was it Woody Harrelson
2: and Wesley Snipes? Types? Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I remember going to a, going to Beltway Plaza, right, <laughs> in Greenbelt, Maryland, uh-huh. and me and my buddies told our parents we were going to one movie, and then we snuck into that movie. And we were like the three white kids in the movie watching Oh, that's it. awesome.
1: Yeah. I loved that movie when I was
2: a kid. That's part between That's part of the reason I love Rosie Perez to this day. Oh,
1: yes. Yes, right? that and do the right thing. Yeah, when he puts oh, the ice my. on her nipple. Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. That was when
2: I realized I liked women nipples. You know what's
1: funny? It's probably the same moment that I realized it as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, like I Oh, I had such the hots for Rosie. Oh, I still do. Her accent. Yeah, she still
2: looks like she doesn't look like she's aged one bit, dude. You know, she's a massive boxing fan. Really? Not like hey, I like to watch it. Like like if you follow if you follow her on Twitter, I'd say sixty percent of it is just boxing, and she knows wow. what the hell she's talking about. I don't know if somebody in her family used to fight or if she fights
1: or like if she's spars just, or just you know growing up. Where she grew up, yeah. You know, I mean, I, in my neighborhood, everyone was watching the bot. But that was a long time ago, right? It's the fact that she's still on top of that is pretty awesome, Billy. Is that your Rosie Perez? Yeah, from White
2: Men Can't Jump, Billy. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> no, actually, it's
0: not.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's, whenever I hear "White Men uh, Can't Jump," I think of the uh, adult film. Because I have an uh, actual I have an actual story white men can't hump. All right. When I was a kid. Billy.
2: <laughs> you know what? You're right. Sure your voice is not I just sound like a dude saying Billy. I'm sure in
1: your head it sounds
2: just like her. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like making my face that I I'm thinking she does. You need
1: the big hoop earrings.
2: Oh God. And her accent. I oh, love that. Oh, it's so hot. So
1: hot. Um when I was a kid, you know, you had like the Spice Channel that you could order pay-per-view adult films.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Right. Well, I knew that I could not get away with ordering a pay per view because my parents see the cable bill, and I'm going to get in trouble. But I always wanted like you're you smarter know. than I am. Okay, so you did do it. Yeah. Oh man, we got to talk about that then, because yeah. I, you know, obviously, like many of us, we had like a VHS tape of maybe like that was passed around amongst buddies. But I was like, you know what? Kind of want a little bit of a variety. I'm sick of seeing the same tape. to yeah. See something else. Um, And I'm like, I don't know how I could get away with this. And I'm trying to do the AB scrambler thing. Oh, I used to do that all the time. Right. Just hoping that maybe I could get 30 seconds. That's all I would need. I mean, I'm...
2: Did you ever do the one with the VCR in the TV? No. So instead of just hitting like the AB, it was like you set your VCR to a different channel, like one channel up, and then put your TV on the Spice channel, and it would stay a little... It would be a little like the... Really? Yeah. I mean... It's information funny? you could have used 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Isn't that funny? Like, kids these days, they don't know the struggle for us no. to see pornography. Now they can just pull it up on their phone and clear their web browser.
2: Yeah. I mean, even just not even full on pornography, but I mean, just they can go to any Twitter or Instagram and see Instagram models. Like, yep. or I Twitter, me- you could see full on sex. Yeah. I mean, I remember, goddamn, I remember when you're like, uh, what are the, what, Maxim. Like, yep. when Maxim started, that was massive, just to see a magazine with hot chicks in it.
1: You felt awkward going on a plane with Maxim, remember? Like, it was like, yeah. oh, man, this is about as bad as why, like, going on with, like, a Playboy.
2: Yeah, I was watching Seinfeld with somebody the other night, who's, like, 29, and she was like, he was, ma- George was masturbating to a Cosmopolitan magazine? I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah, you find a couple pictures in there, you're good to go.
1: Bro, I mean, all of us, I think, at some point watched uh, the, the, the Univision to watch Sabado Gigante.
2: Oh, Dude. <laughs> Control was my show. Okay. Dance
1: Party one? Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, all right, I think I have my shot. I'm going to order White Men Can't Hump. And if my parents call me on it, I'm going to say I accidentally meant to order White Men Can't Jump.
2: That is genius, dude. (laughs) Right. Honestly, 36 year old Ted still thinks this is a good idea.
1: Until my parents quickly called me on the fact that White Men Can't Jump is, we already have that on VHS.
2: Oh. Steve this was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like
1: uh, my mom's like Steve we need to talk. And I'm like well what? And she's like did you purchase white men can't hump? Like I didn't know. I thought it was white men can't jump. And my parents are like well you know we do have we had VHS of everything. We taped everything off of HBO and yeah. like you know you get the you'd do the long play the SLP and be able to record three movies on one
2: VHS tape. You know, yeah. The quality went down, but you know what?
1: You got quantity over quality.
2: And then you throw it in the little uh, Corvette to make it rewind quicker. That's right. You know what's up. Yeah, dude.
1: So it's completely busted. They never spoke of it again. I think they were like, you know what? What are we going to do?
2: That was basically what happened to me, too. Uh-huh. Like, my dad wasn't living with us at the time. He was, And then uh, my mom went out of town with my sister for, like, a college visit. Yeah. So Saturday night, I was going to have a party. But Friday night- A porn party. Yeah, Friday night, I, I ordered porn. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then same thing, like a couple weeks later, my mom, and it was something awful. Like, like I know this sounds like a lie, but it literally was like night nurses or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and same thing. My mom was just like, did you order blah, blah, blah? And I don't even know if I said anything or just put my head down. And she was just kind of like, all right. And same, same it thing. was never spoke of again.
1: Right. Well, I'm, we're addressing it. We're on to you. But we're not going to keep belaboring the issue.
2: Right? And I think that's a good nobody way. nobody wants to have that talk. And it's no. like, it's natural. It's, it's a teenage boy or something. Obviously, they're going to look at that stuff. But like, it, you're, nobody's mom wants to have that conversation with their son anyhow.
1: And the, the part that pissed me off the most is that when I went to college... What did my dad do? He spent that... Remember back in the day, because it wasn't uh, digital, it was all analog cable? Yeah. He got the the descrambler, which was illegal at the time. Oh, so you're getting everything. So he bought it for like 100 bucks, whatever it was, and it discrambled everything. Yeah, so now all they had to have is basic cable, and then they had all the channels. So Mm -hmm. whenever I would come home, first time I came home, I'm like, wow, guys, what... You got every channel now? Like, is that a lot of money? My dad's like, no, I got one of those discramblers. Scramblers. I bought it from a buddy and he, oh, well, best hundred bucks I ever spent. Get everything now. And I'm like, everything? Damn it, dad. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every time they went to bed, I went downstairs and watched pornography because I was yeah. like, I had to. I, I mean, remember. am getting my money's worth.
2: Did you? I remember <laughs> when we bumped up to like uh, Skinamax
1: mm-hmm.
2: or got Sh- Cinemax and HBO. And yep. that, I mean, that was, I would wait up Red Shoe Shoot Friday.
1: Diaries. Oh.
2: <sighs> I love red shoe Diaries <laughs> everybody that's
1: over thirty five right now is nodding their head, yes, yes wasn't like the in a red shoe diary I think he was Didn't I he? remember uh I think uh and it was like the softest of softcore porn, but there was still boobs and butts it was awesome, yeah, and simulated sex simulated sex, strong sexual content remember oh, the s s c
2: yes dude, that was the best. <laughs>
1: glad to see we lived a similar life. Yeah, I mean, I- might- We were meant to be the disciples of fun.
2: My brother had private parts, Howard Stern's book and paperback. Yep. And I would steal that every chance I got because there was pictures of boobs in it.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Every chapter
2: started with a picture of some chick. Yeah.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, this is a weird segue to go into a story about a man who willingly cut off his own penis. And I believe you know the story. Okay. Um, you turned me on—maybe <laughs> a bad word to use right now—but you turned me mm-hmm. on <laughs> to a television show, or yes, uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopia. I thought
2: you got me on that.
1: Okay, my bad. You turned me on to the Vice Network. Yeah, and I think maybe Munson somebody turned me on to Hamilton's Pharmacopia. Pharmacopia, and it's like, dude, it's basically a show of this guy Hamilton Morris. And he's like a doctor or a scientist. I'm not exactly sure what he is, but he just goes around and does drugs. Yeah. In like random countries. And whether it be he actually imbibes in the drugs or he just interviews people who are on the drugs, it just depends. Some of them are on mushrooms. I think he did some on other drugs as well. The mushroom
2: episode was pretty good. Be careful what you you put in your body before you watch it. Yes. I ate a very strong edible one night Uh and tried to watch it. I think it was the mushroom one, and I was like, this is too intense. The mushroom one was, yeah. And I had to turn it off. Did you ever watch the uh, the PCP
1: episode? Yes. Okay, so you know exactly where I'm going then, and maybe you forgot. All but, right. Uh, so the, many people will remember this story, and I forgot about the story until I was watching that episode, and it's called A Positive PCP Story, and it's on the Vice Network, Hamilton's Pharmacopia. Uh, towards the end of the episode, like they're following people who do PCP and are... Not like your typical PCP users, like you expect. Like you always expect, like these horror stories. And yeah, they're actually inner city. right. They were interviewing some people. They're like, "No, I just do it recreationally. Um, I haven't really lost my mind. You know, I'm fine. You know, they're a little off, but not like they're not like in the news for like eating somebody's head off. You it know, it blew I mean? my mind.
2: Right? I never like I never know PCP. Had anything? I thought that was just straight up, just a bad chemical drug,
1: right? Because I remember growing up watching like that that after school special on Angel Dust, and that's basically what PCP is. Yeah, and the guy's like freaking out, and he just throws himself out of a second story window, and and it was like I don't ever want to touch that drug. Not that I ever want wanted. Still watching this episode does not make me want to do the drug. It's I agree. Like, it's it's just fascinating. It's you know, inter-
2: PCP's still kind of big in DC. Really? Yeah. Wonder why? Because it's uh, it's one of the few black owned and black run kind of drug traits. So okay. They look at it as like a business that they still own and run.
1: So it's almost like you're showing, like you're you're you're, you're um investing in your community.
2: Yeah. Plus, it's cheap. <laughs> well, I don't know. They call them dippers, doing dippers. Oh, I did not you dip a cigarette in the liquid in the water? Is that like you, charming? Yeah, and then okay. you smoke the cigarette with the with that on there.
1: I think they did, because I watched this a little while back, and I've been holding on this piece of audio for a while, and I keep forgetting to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so when I watched the episode, they, they interviewed a guy by the name of Andre Johnson. Many of you will remember this story, because it was crazy in the news. Back in 2014, there was a guy by the name, a rapper by the name of Christ Bearer, who's Andre Johnson. He's uh, affiliated with the Wu-Tang Clan, and the story was, he got all messed up on drugs, he cut off his penis, and then tried to commit suicide. Correct. And for years- That's all I remembered. And I'm like, wow, that guy's nuts. Stay away from drugs. Well, they interview him. Hamilton goes and meets up with this guy, with Andre, to talk about that night and why he did what he did. And I'm going to play the audio and feel free to tell me to pause it, whatever you want. I'm not necessarily walking away going, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe we should all cut our penises off. But I'm walking away from it going, I get his logic behind why he cut his penis off. All right. All right. So here we go. This is uh, Christ Barra a.k.a. Andre Johnson, talking to Hamilton Morris about why he cut his penis off willingly.
3: Could you tell me the story of that night? So that night when I I, I had some PCP, I was watching cartoons. For some reason, life turned into a cartoon. And I had three uh, baby mothers and they all I had restraining orders on me so I can see my kids. But I figured, man, I keep on having these babies by these girls and I was thinking they just got a groupies and then once they have these babies by me, the women say, men think with their little head too much. They always think with their little heads. So I said, you know what? I got something for these bitches. I'm gonna cover my little head and I'll be forced to only think with my big head. <laughs> Solid logic.
1: I got something for these bitches. <laughs> I'm going to cut up my dong
3: yeah. and think with my big head. And that was clear as day to me, and I acted upon it. And I went to the kitchen with a kitchen knife, and I chopped it off. <laughs> Come on, man.
1: If there's never been a time to tell you not to do PCP, that's that moment.
2: Ugh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, that's <laughs> insane.
3: I didn't think I'm going to be famous from this. It was just a personal thing in my life, I felt. And it was kind of like, I'm dying anyway, man. Let me say my last sentence and missing words of what's going on. And I said a couple things to everybody in the room. Like,
1: imagine being in that room. Hey, guys. Cut my dong off. I'm leaving. I'm going to go kill myself now. I can't. No, my parties, any party we've been where people have been biting in some narcotics, it never goes down that road. No. If anything, hey, I want to order a pizza. Well, we already have a pizza. You haven't eaten it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my
3: bad. <laughs> cool. Like, yeah. You know, I jumped off the balcony here. You know what I mean? Two-story balcony. So when I hit the ground, I kind of I was unconscious for a second. But then I realized, yo, I'm not dead. I was like, yo, fuck this. Shit. Yo, guess what? Nobody's got on me. Watch this. Shit. I'm to turn the world upside down, and people are going to really. Fuck understand who god is because i promise you he's I as I him <laughs> <I> mean, he,
2: <laughs> he's god
1: and hamilton's just sitting there and this guy's getting more and more animated about this story and i'm just like man i think i'd be like hey cut i gotta go maybe not say cut right
2: because he just sit, he's just getting his hair trimmed right yeah he's just hanging out in a barbershop yeah and this is like
1: there are people getting haircuts while this is going on yeah because you know that's what you want to do is talk about Cutting dogs off around in a, in a, in a facility or in an establishment that has lots of sharp objects.
3: Yeah, and dudes. Right. So you know, I'm in the morning it was all over my bedroom. I'm like, yo, what the f- going on? You know. So people could say, oh, that did that. He chopped off. A f-. What an idiot! It, it actually was a genius plan. I feel. You know? Now here we go.
1: Here comes his rationale behind it. And I got to say, not necessarily my world. I wouldn't necessarily go down this road. And I'm, nef- I'm definitely not going to plan on cutting my penis off anytime soon. But. It
3: brings up a solid point. I really loved my nine and a half inches that I I had at the same token. But pause. (laughs) I mean. Of course, he's got
2: to let everyone know what he's doing. Right? He's still got to let everybody know he had a nine and a half inch hog.
1: (laughs) I might not have it anymore, but just to let you know humble brag. Humble brag. Humble brag. Nine and a half penis.
2: And I don't know that that's even a humble brag. He must have mentioned how long his penis was so many times that when he references it, he can't help but say nine and a half inches.
3: <laughs> Topped off What an idiot. It, it actually was a genius plan, I feel, you know? and I really loved my nine and a half inches that I had. At the same token, um, manhood is not determined by what's between your legs, and that's my mission to show sentient-thinking beings what makes you a man. We don't live in a society... We live in a sex site you feel me
2: i do absolutely i think it's like this sort of thing where people hear the story and it's just hard for them to mentally grasp would you feel comfortable showing us any of the the wound or anything like that is that something you want to show or
1: great question by hamilton yeah he's getting in there i don't necessarily want to be in the room while this is going on but i respect the questioning yeah and his response is great so the guy actually had at this point, does stand up and starts unzipping his pants.
2: Is that a more private thing?
3: Uh, yeah, of course. I'd be f***ing okay. this. F*** no. Stop playing, man. Okay. <laughs> a bunch of dudes in here. Why'd I do such a thing? why I do such a thing, man? But, yo, if you guys can guarantee me a million-dollar kickoff, I- I'll show you the one right now. <laughs> that was great
1: comedic timing. Like, he legit stood up, yeah, and he's yeah. like, like maybe a, maybe a couple feet – you know, I mean, maybe nine and a half inches away from um
2: Hamilton. I like that he says, too, there's a bunch of dudes in here. Why would I do that? <laughs> but for a million dollars, I'll show you right now. Yeah, I think that's extreme. But yeah. I do agree with him. I don't think that, I don't. you know, I think, un- unfortunately, people get wrapped up and think the size of your penis determines if you're a man or not.
1: Yeah, and I think there are many times that we don't necessarily think clearly because of what's going on down there. Oh, 100%. And now he doesn't have to worry about that. I don't know if I would want to go that extreme. You know, sometimes no. I'll just be like, you know what, I just need to have some alone time, and then I can kind of clear my
2: thoughts. Yeah, like sometimes I eat too much, but I don't think about chopping off my hand. Or your tongue. Right? <laughs> like, it's like I should just not eat that much pizza. <laughs> All right, then we should probably get out of here. By the way, yes. I've, I've come to realize that I reference pizza way too often. Pizza's delicious, man. I know, but like somebody, somebody over the Christmas break was like, what's with you and pizza? I was like I I don't know. I think it's just the ultimate kind of food so it's like it's I, I don't know.
1: It's a good re- a good reference point. I think yeah. you know why? Uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but everybody knows the experience of eating pizza.
2: And everybody eats it. Right. You know what I mean? Like some people like, you know, whether if you pick donuts to reference that or this or that Or like,
1: sushi or yeah. right, chocolate but like, even.
2: But like I feel like pizza goes through all economic uh, uh what? phases yeah. or or, or Amounts?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I think there's no, all classes. All classes, thank you. Enjoy pizza. Yeah. I think pizza, I've always used it as a reference of like, hey, I've even compared it to sex. Like there's there's obviously great pizza and there's obviously not so great pizza, but I still enjoy the not so great pizza because it's still pizza. Yeah, exactly. It's a, Everybody can relate to pizza. Mm-hmm. That's the name of today's podcast.
2: Everybody can relate to pizza. Yes. You know what? We should, because you got to listen to this whole podcast before you hear us even talk about pizza. It's about
1: an hour and five minutes in until we reference why we call it. Everybody, Everybody. Can, I got to write that down. Everyone relate to pizza.
2: pizza.
1: All right. All right. It's time for us to listen to some more Mike Tyson, Ted. Are you ready?
2: Oh, Hang on. I just got to... I want to do the New York thing real quick. Like, oh, hey. Oh, this guy over here? Listen, man, everybody relates to pizza.
3: <laughs> if you show up, it's going down. I'm going to teach him how
1: to knock your ass out. If you the venereal up, disease line in this is gonna going to kill me down. when we do push-ups. I know. They, that caught me off guard. It, it did. All right, let's get 10, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's going
3: down. I'm going to teach him how to knock your You're ass out. your ass out. Four. It's the grand. Five. But social Six. media, don't make a it, man. Everybody talking behind the keys. I'ma sting like a venereal disease. If you oh. f with my clip.
1: That's a great line. I'm gonna sting down. like venereal disease. That's
3: my bad. And you're
1: the rap. Plus I love that his uh his lip is on full it's blast during this.
3: Yeah with Chris Brown. Chris, so Chris Brown. Down.
1: Are they really gonna fight?
2: Him knock your ass out. Uh, I don't think so. Up, yeah. It's they were, it sounded down. like they were trying to set it up and they were doing it in Vegas, but you got to pass, out. you got to get cleared to the uh, Athletic it's Commission. Right. You need yeah, a, a I'm, combat I'm license. I'm right. right. Neither of them can, I'm can pass a drug test. I'm Mike Tyson. All right.
1: Follow us on Twitter at TheMegacast. Thank you for listening. As always, stay tuned for our diss track against Geek Nation. Yeah, we're coming for them. They're going down. I really loved my nine and a half inches that I had.